Good afternoon and welcome along to NUFC Matters with uh, all the fans from around the world. Uh, we have a show like this every week. Slightly different time today just because we're going to be going live tomorrow, of course, for uh, Newcastle's next Premier League game uh, against Brighton. So uh, thanks for coming on, lads. Thanks for jumping on at short notice. And um, yeah, I'm going to start off with what I've just heard on Soccer Saturday as I was coming back from the gym today. Um, Paul Merson has claimed that he feels Newcastle United will win a cup this season. Um, either the League Cup or the FA Cup. He didn't stipulate which one. But, Chris, it's uh, it's quite a remarkable turnaround from somebody who's one of Newcastle's biggest critics in the world of punditry. Yeah, I think this must be like back to the future. He, he, must, have, he must have gone to sleep and woken up in 1955, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. 1955, you know, Newcastle was on his third... Third, uh, third FA Cup, and and uh, you know th things were looking good for the next half century, and then you know t t total t total not since uh, 1968, 69. So um, maybe he's seen into the future, or maybe he's got a crystal ball. But um, I usually go with whatever Merson says. Pick the opposite. Yeah, me too. Nathan, it's a strange one from Paul Merson, but he was uh, he was sitting there on the panel. Jeff Jeff started talking about Newcastle. They were waxing lyrical about Steve Bruce, as they normally do, and Andy Carroll, and um, you know Tony Poulos is on there. And then they came to Paul Merson, and you could have knocked me down with a feather when he turned around and said Newcastle to win the cup. Yeah, I think he's one of those that like classically is always against us, isn't he? He's, he's one of those um, one of those pundits who he'll always put us down for. A defeat or a, or a destroy if it's get, if it's against somebody somebody that we should be beating. So yeah, as I was saying to you guys before we came on, I think we should send someone around to send around his uh, alcohol and alcoholics anonymous sponsor to check on him because I think he, he's probably back off the wagon, isn't he? If he's if he's predicting that we're going to win anything, but yeah, that's like how they how they seem to seem to go with us, isn't it? Like under under Rafa, they probably would have never backed us for that, but under Bruce, now he's won a couple of games. He's the best thing since sliced bread, isn't he, Steve Bruce? So yeah. I guess it's um, it's surprising in a way, but then it does again. It doesn't surprise me. It seems like it's a way a way to sort of wind us fans up about Bruce yeah. at the moment, probably. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah, Adam. I mean, it's a strange one. You know, he, he is one of our biggest critics, Paul Paul Merson, at the best of times, and be interesting to see whether he's predicted Newcastle to win in the Super Six or whatever it is today. But um, what's your take on Paul Merson predicting Newcastle United to win a cup this season? Well, I've been sitting here for the last two or three minutes trying to think of the logic behind it. Um, yeah. So let's let's assume for a second that that his thinking is well, they've they've got a better squad this season, so they're going to be safe of relegation. Bruce always says he wants to have a go in the cups. He's got a bigger squad this year. They've got a relatively easy game next Wednesday. You would think against the League Two team. I think they've got lower league opposition lined up in the next round already, albeit away. So maybe he's just thinking, you know what, the race for the top four is going to be so strong that these big clubs aren't going to be worried about the Carabao Cup. Maybe Newcastle are in that, you know, 10 to 15 range in the league, so they're not particularly worried about relegation. So instead they can focus on the Carabao Cup. And let's face it, we would all be over the moon if we got to the final of the Carabao Cup, even though it's, it's essentially a worthless tournament to be in. Um, any any trip to Wembley would would do for us. So maybe that's the logic, but it is it is a bit bizarre. And and you know, again, he's he's usually just the antagonist in these these conversations. So we'll see. Fingers crossed, he's right. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not disagreeing with him, Spenny, but Paul Merson predicting Newcastle United to win a cup really came from, uh, you know, a far out place, I think. Um, what's your view on, on what he had to say today? I didn't say it. I usually turn it up when he's talking because he talks a lot of crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah true, mate. But if he thinks he's going to win the cup, I still don't believe him, but we'll never know what we do. Andre, your view? You know, I, I've noticed that generally Steve Bruce is like very well liked by his peers, by his generation of fellow footballers. Like he has great support from the likes of Alan Shearer, uh, Peter Beersley, with uh, whom, you know, we've discussed about Steve Bruce. And I think that he has this, this support by the, the fellow British pundits and they want him to do well. And if you remember last year, like everybody turning on Rafa and telling, you know, how much of a great work Bruce is doing. I don't think that they have a, they have a very biased view on him. And I think that this is somehow showing now that uh, Newcastle, you know, made a couple of good transfers and like what, what Adam mentioned. Basically, the logic probably is that they'll be safe and uh, we can have a great run in the Cups. But I think it comes from the fact that generally he's a very well-liked in the in the public uh, in the public uh, life in the among the pundits and they want him to do well like he 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 really he really has a great uh, reputation among his fellow generation of uh, colleagues yeah okay does what's your take on it mate yeah i think sky really missed a trick when they were with uh, going through a clear out and they could have brought got rid of Merson as well but uh <laughs> no I, I, i'm i'm seeing the logic that uh, adam is applying as well and look uh if we we, we got past blackburn Markham that looks looks doable as well, and then it's just to get past is it Newport or Troy Deeney's uh, uh, Watford. You can see some logic there that in the League Cup that we're getting that we we may get to later stages, but uh, it's a bit too soon for that yet. We're only we're only played well in one game, so uh, hold your horses, Merson. It might I think not when be. Not... says that we're going to win a cup, then I'll believe it. <laughs> I was just going to say it might not be Troy Deeney's Watford if Nathan has his way, um, Martin. Good afternoon. Uh, Paul Merson has just predicted Newcastle United are going to win a cup this season. What do you what do you think about that? I, I wish I had his confidence, but um, <laughs> I mean, you've got, we've got to take a cup seriously. Um, listening to obviously what the lads are saying there, like there seems to be this media loving for Bruce, but you know we've won two. Hopefully, third win tomorrow. We seem to have a, a fairly decent line in the cup so far you know we will meet a big team somewhere but there's a good few of them drawing each other in the next round so you know hopefully we can we can do something i mean it'd be great to to see something um before i hit 51 absolutely no it'd be fantastic i'm not saying i disagree with uh with paul merson either to be honest if you get the right run in the league cup um you know i've got to agree with the lads as well ultimately it comes down to who you get drawn against and so far the draws being kind uh you know the the next round if we do happen to get in to that next round you know worst case scenario you're going to play watford away you know we could still we could still progress so you could be in the quarterfinals you know by october and uh you know then it's anybody's then it's anybody's i do want to uh touch on this one i've just seen a, a comment which flashed up on the screen there before um let's discuss this george kevin atkinson lot says brucey's done better than rafa pardew did better than rafa let's be real now interesting we all have opinions chris um what's your take on that steve bruce First season in charge, uh, you know, he, he managed to keep us in the Premier League. He got us to the quarterfinal of the FA Cup, albeit a, a surrender in the quarterfinal. What's your take on, on what he said? Is is Steve Bruce, or has he done better than Rafa? And and has Pardew done better than Rafa? I, 
I don't think it's 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 come down to more than just record. You can't just say, um, you know, what's what's Steve Bruce's winning percentage. I, I think you need to look how he's organized the team, and um, and I just don't have this like the confidence in in Bruce. I I think what I was going to say is that um, that Steve Bruce gets a bit of a hometown, you know, home, home country discount, um, and that it, it seems like English managers are just more easily em, em, embraced uh, by, especially by the media, uh, because the media is, is, like we said before, is involved with a lot of former players. And so there's kind of a, you know, like a longer leash that, that Bruce has gotten. Um, and Rafa, who I completely believe is a world-class manager, Steve Bruce not, uh, always got the sort of tag as like, oh, he's being difficult with management or, or he, he only wants his way, or he, he'll take, he'll, he'll go out, something like that. So I, I, I thought we were done mercifully with with the Rafa comp- comparisons at the end of last season in terms of could Steve Bruce get more points? And I, I should have seen that, you know, two games in the season, he'd already be getting comparisons again. But I, I, I'm, not, I'm having none of it. Yeah, Nathan, it's a strange one. I, I've already seen one or two people in the media mention Rafa's name again. I hope we haven't got to go through a full season of this comparison. It's done. It's dusted. Rafa's long gone. You know, he's, he's into his second season in China. Um, but, you know, let's talk about Steve Bruce. Has he done better than Rafa? And, you know, did Pardew do better than Rafa? I know Pardew got his European football. Yeah, I think one thing to be careful of is that particularly with a lot of the media outlets, particularly Sky Sports, and the the notion that, that Bruce is doing better than Rafa is very convenient for the for this narrative that they this long running narrative that they've got that we're kind of uh, we're all for Rafa and we don't we won't like anyone else apart from Rafa. And it kind of it's a really convenient like stat for them to see us winning to the first two games and it's a really convenient stat for them to, to sort of leverage against us to make us to make the people that we're really because we we've all been involved in the club for a long time and we we know what Rafa brought to the team. He brought a bit of hope where there where there wasn't any, and he brought organisation and he brought passion where we were devoid of it for for seasons and seasons before then. So obviously we've got an affinity with that, and for us it's not necessarily about winning every game. It's about having that hope and having that that hope that one day things can be better for us. Um, so I think the notion that Bruce is doing well is something that they can kind of conveniently leverage against us. And then when when he's not, when he wasn't doing so well at the end of last season, it's like, oh, well, you need to move on from Rafa now. You need to move on from all the things that came before. Um, I think what what's very telling is something we've discussed on, on the show previously is that um, back when Pardew was, was doing well, he was... Buying, stri- buying strikers whenever he wanted to buy them. He had Denver Bar, Cisse, um, Loic Remy was brought in, brought in when he needed him, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, they didn't end up buying Loic Remy, but we we had a really good team at that point, and a lot of money was spent on that team. Um, perhaps, and and if you look at the other managers that have had vast amounts of money sort of furnished upon them, it's been McLaren, and it's and I think Bruce is probably Bruce has probably overtaken him recently. I would I would imagine with the the amount that they've been spending on him. I, 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 I call this out like quite a few weeks back. I think that the for Mark Ashley it was a personality thing, and the fact that Rafa wasn't willing wasn't willing to sort of lie down and, and take it was the reason why he didn't get ultimately the money that he wanted to wanted to be spent. Because I, I don't think these managers that we've had, such as like Pardew and and I mean, Pardew wasn't really in control of the the transfers. Ultimately, it was like led by Graham Carr mainly, wasn't it? And I think Bruce won't be 
have that much of a hand in the final save who he comes who comes into the club. Um, so it, it's always a case of what could have been with Rafa if if, it, if they'd have spent that money on him. I think if, it's difficult to compare the teams that that Rafa had compared to the teams that Bruce has got. Even the team now that Bruce has, has gotten added to is streets ahead of the team that Rafa had to, had to work with over the seasons that he was in charge. And you can't even compare it to the team of the Padre because that, that was that was a real team. And they sh- and you you think with a manager like Rafa, they could have. Got, they could have really gone places and would have doubled down on that on that progress that we made under the seasons in part that Pardew was in charge. So um, I don't think it's, it's it's you can't make that comparison. It's like comparing you comparing a, a Premiership team or a, a Premiership squad to like a Championship squad that Rafa was managing, and the fact that he managed to keep us in the keep us in the league and, and bring us back up and keep us in the league is you know it's um it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? I think. Of course it is. Yeah, good points, well made, uh, Adam. Your take on uh, Brucey. Has he done better than Rafa? Did Pardew do better than Rafa? Well, I mean, again, I, I think it is a pointless comparison now. Um, I understand why fans do it because Rafa was so popular. But in reality, what we need to talk about is like Bruce's first season versus Bruce's second season, right? So in Bruce's first season, to his credit, he was thrown in with, with three weeks' notice with a very unhappy fan base, probably a pretty unhappy team at the time. He didn't have any control over the transfers. They were they were pretty good transfers as they turned out, other than Joe Linton, which which we won't talk about yet. Um, so I think Bruce Bruce 2.0 is going to be really interesting now, right? Because he wanted these players, these five players they've signed. They were his names. I, I know he wasn't involved directly in the transfers, but they were players that he wanted. So this is a Bruce team now, whereas last year really wasn't a Bruce team. It was really still a Rafa team with a few additions. So. I think Bruce this year versus Bruce last year is what we need to compare, particularly the football we play. Even if we finish in the same position in that nowhere land of, you know, 11th to 15th or whatever it is, like what's what's the football going to be like? And based on last weekend, I'm, I'm pretty excited about what the football might be like. Um, in terms of Pardew, you know, he had a really attacking team to Nathan's point. We were terrible at the back during Pardew's years. I mean, we had Colaccini, we had Enrique for a while. Stephen Taylor played about 500 games under Pardew. Mike Williamson played about 500 games. Um, I can't even remember who our right back was. Um, doesn't even matter. But I guess yeah, doesn't even matter. But we were terrible at the back, but we were extremely good going forward with Ben Arthur and, and Cisse and all of those guys. Were Danny Simpson, thank you, Andre. Um, another completely pointless person. Um, so you know, we 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 had a totally different team back then. It was all it was all attacking, no defending. No one ever told anyone that Alan Pardew defended too much, whereas Rafa was the exact opposite, right? We were, we were absolutely terrible going forward, um, but we had a great, a great backline, both in the championship and ultimately in the, in the Premier League. Um, so, you know, it, it's a bad comparison now. What we, what we really need to be talking about is Bruce this year versus Bruce last year. That, at least that's my opinion. And again, he's got the players he wanted last weekend. He got the performance he wanted. He's got to keep that up now. He's got to come out with that same team, I think, tomorrow. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point. But, yeah, the the comparison's a bit foolish, in my opinion. Andre, I'm going to come to you because you were laughing there as Adam was making some comments. I'd like to come to you while whatever you had was fresh in your mind. 
No, I, I first of all I agree that it's a totally pointless exercise to to keep comparing Bruce and Rafa for like second year in a row. But but we have to keep in mind that you know the expectations are very different. Like the the bar just by the name Rafa Benitez and what he achieved in the game, the expectations were very high. So probably when Newcastle was finishing 10th or 13th, they they could have been subject to okay, Rafa didn't achieve what you know his CV stands for. With Bruce, the expectations were very low. So basically, last year's even 10th, 11th, we at the end we finished 13th, but it was it was considered as a great achievement. So they they always have these two different CVs or backgrounds and uh, for Bruce it's much easier to overachieve versus his past versus his resume in comparison to Rafa who's the Champions League winner. I don't think that someone can argue who's the who's the better manager because you know Rafa has proven himself he's in many countries he's, he has titles and we all know that he's a football fanatic very much into detail and the guys are really really top top level in the in the sport. I would love if Bruce surpasses Rafa in terms of achievements in Newcastle if he can deliver this uh, this cup that we mentioned but until now i don't think that uh, that bruce has done more than rafa basically adam said it very well last year he achieved 13th with the uh, rafa squad basically upgraded with uh, two three good players i would say uh, pardio pardio on paper, Pardio achieved the most out of the three because Pardio reached the fifth position and he was very, very close to, to Champions League. Basically, Pardio's year is Mike Ashley's highlight for the 13 years in Newcastle. But I think that this was really, a, really an outlier. Like it was a really lucky summer in terms of in terms of transfers. Like Graham Carr really struck very lucky with Hatem Ben Arfa on free from uh, Marseille or for a very small fee after his horrific injury when he was alone in Newcastle. Kabai was a great coup and a couple of additions like Dembaba came on a free and Pardio really stroke lucky for one year, but Pardio proved during his fifth year spell as a manager that he couldn't sustain it. It was really a, a one-off, I, I, I would say more of an effort by the players and rather than uh, rather than uh, work by party behind because the real real party work sh uh, showed the, the the following season when we finished 16th basically which is the lowest finish of newcastle in the premier league without the relegation season so i would say rafa is still the the best manager we've had since bobby robson but uh, it's a it's a matter of what could have been rather than what happened uh, for the three years he was in charge Mm -hmm. Good points. Okay, Spinny, obviously the question that we had uh, from George was was quite simple. He, he, well, his statement, really, he said that Bruce had, has done better and, than Rafa and Pardew did better than Rafa. Um, what's your take on that? In the word, no. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. He's the best manager since we have Bobby Robson. Yeah, what Rafa was. He, he stuck with us when we done, went relegated, been a world-class manager, got in the championship, got us promoted... Had no money to go with compared to Bruce and Pardew. St kept us up two year seasons in a row with no money again. Crying out for strikers. Got one in, on loan. No one rated them and changed them Rondon into a striker, a proper striker, which we should have kept. Simple as that. Good stuff. I like Spanish always. Change our club. He had the potential to change our club. And he would have, if he was still here now. They could be right at the top of that table if the money was there for him to spend. 
Exactly. I can't argue with you, Spenny. And I always like it. You're always short but concise, but you're always to the point, mate. And uh, you're <laughs> right with that 100%. Everton 5, West Brom 2. Uh, West Brom did get off to a really good start. Pulled it back at half-time, but it's 5-2 uh, to Everton now. West Brom, of course, down to 10 men and also have their manager sent off. Um, it's going to be a long old season for the baggies, I think. Uh, welcome to Pete. We'll come to you in a minute, Pete. Uh, Martin. Over to you, mate. Your views on uh, George's comment, which has certainly uh, got us all thinking and talking. During the party, yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with Nathan, to be fair. I think with Bruce, there seems to be... There is this narrative and a love in the field. But last season, you know, I'm sure maybe Spenny might drop on the back of this one, but two, you know, with, with two wins out of 18. And, you know, the stats were just glossed over. And I think we, we mentioned it a few times when we spoke about it last season. The, the, the games, Bruce's B plan and him as a manager were just simply not good enough. We weren't winning. We weren't set up. We weren't drawing. We were losing. Simply, that was the fact. Um, I think, you know, this season will be interesting. You know, he seems that if, if we can get the football played that we'd get against West Ham, then I think that we could do okay. But will we will we get that all season long? I, I don't know. So, I think there's obviously something there between... Bruce as a person and Ashley, because obviously certain things are changing or have changed with regards to to you know players coming in. If Bruce gets the players that he did, then look, let's let's kick on. But season two needs to be a lot better. Um, I think from Rafa's perspective, yeah, I, I you know I, I hear what the lads are saying. You know, he stuck with us when we went down, brought us back up. But I think from Ashley's perspective, that that again for me was just an asset survival, and he. He knew that Rafa was his best chance of getting us straight back up and back into the money. I think if that had been, you know, somebody else, we probably wouldn't have come back up and actually may have maybe sold and be gone. You know, we just won't know. Pardew, I think, had the team, you know, when we when we had that, you know, Denver Bar and Cissé, like, you know, it was an unbelievable partnership. We had everything we needed to, to go from that European season and move on. And again, Ashley just, didn't double down on it. He just let things drop away again. So I think seeing two for Bruce will be good. Um, I think I agree with. Benny. I think Rafa was probably the best manager we've had since since Robson. Um, and I think Bruce just has this narrative of ex colleagues and Sky that's that, that seem to okay. revere him, whatever he does. So I think this season will be a tester. Yeah, I agree on as well. Going back to Padio as well, Steve. Anybody went to the games when Padio was there? He used to play players out of position all over. He used to play the right back as a left back and left back as a right winger. He was clueless him. Yeah, and it, and it, probably one of the few managers in in history at Newcastle United who actually had a, a, a levelled campaign at him. I remember Newcastle fans singing Jack Charlton um, out of the club, of course, in 1985. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to remember that. But that Pardew campaign was, was an internet campaign and it grew and grew and grew. And, you know, Sam Allardyce probably as well. The fans turned on him, you know, turning around <laughs> singing, you don't know what you're doing. But, yeah, I mean, Pardew... When Pardew was good, he was good. But when he was awful, he was bloody awful. Like, uh, Daz, your your take on this? Yeah, um, just picking up what something Martin said, actually. Um, yeah, it's... Like, okay, if we had a choice tomorrow, we needed a manager tomorrow, it's it's Rafa, Bruce, Pardew for me, uh, of those three. Um, but uh, just... It, it's also about working with the owner. Um, like, Pardew was a total yes-man. Uh, he did what he was told. Um, 
Rafa the complete opposite uh, and and uh, stuck it to the owner. Uh, I mean, Bruce, but Bruce is getting getting the best out of Ashley. Like, okay, there's going to be things going on behind the scenes, but he's he's get the the wage wages have increased as in for the players, and we're 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 signing players that are over twenty seven in the shape of uh, Colin, Colin Wilson. But um, yeah, I think just just in relation to Bruce, I think we're all well. Maybe it's just me. I'm getting a bit brainwashed on on the the. The Bruce factor now, um, like um, when he when he when he's joined us first, I was totally demoralised. But uh, he's growing on me. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, but if if, uh, if if we had a choice, it's it's Rafa all day long. Okay, Pete. Good afternoon, mate. Uh, your afternoon. take on uh, on George's rather uh, as I think Martin described it as a stir the pot comment, but it's a good one. It's got we're talking. Bruce, um, you know, came in with no expectations and obviously came in with the backing of the owner. Uh, Rafa left after uh, you know basically spending three years on Tyneside battling the owner, uh, but still managing to you know do well. What you know has Bruce you know eclipsed what Rafa did and you know did Pod you do that? Um, in a word, no. Um, Bruce hasn't done that. Uh, certainly not yet. Um, we, you know, we can't argue the fact that Bruce came into very difficult, uh, you know, surroundings and an environment at the time. Two weeks before the start of the season, you know, and he's managed to keep us up, uh, and keep us up, you know, well enough, um, and got one or two players that weren't playing well under Rafa Benitez playing. So fair play to that. But to have him above Rafa Benitez in terms of his ability as a manager and performance at the club, no way. Um, Rafa Benitez has performed miracles uh, under a, a shoestring budget at times, particularly in the Premier League. He got a decent budget in the Championship, but but Mike Ashley had to give him that in order for Rafa Benitez to stay, one, and two, to be able to compete and actually be in a position to, to win or certainly get automatic promotion. In the Premier League seasons, uh, Rafa had hardly anything to play on. And in fact, I think uh, within those couple of seasons, we, we were sort of like uh, in profit in terms of how much he was given and how much he, he had in terms of uh, to spend. Um, so there's, there's no comparison there. Um, yes, the football wasn't great. Um, it wasn't entertaining. But it, it, he was compact, as he likes to say. He had a structure. He had a way of playing. And actually, he got the players playing um uh, to his to their strengths really um you know we'd always start the season quite slow we'd always finish strong and Rafa Benitez has always built a team even the Liverpool the Valencia's have been built to play that way um so for me I'd take Rafa over uh, Bruce all day long that's not to say Bruce hasn't done a great job uh, you know he's done okay but you know to have him Bruce and Rafa in the same uh, sort of argument is 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 crazy in my opinion yeah, a lot of support for Rafa, which isn't surprising. But um, look, people are making some great points. It's uh, it's one of those it's one of those issues which will never go away. Uh, Blue Moon Boy says Bruce Mann management is underrated. Less dis- disharmony in the squad since he joined. For example, Hayden's U-turn and managing uh, us the unrest caused by the public play out of the takeover. So very supportive of Steve Bruce there. Um, Funko Freddy makes another good point but Rafa was highest paid manager out of the three of them so do you give a manager a lot of money sign-ins with less football managing knowledge more knowledge less sign-ins um, lots of good points coming in here and um, I, I think I suppose it's uh, you know it's one which will, which will always run and run but for me Rafa Benitez's history 
we've moved on. Steve Bruce is the manager. You know, we've got to support the manager. And um, me personally, I, I wasn't keen on him. You know, he was 11th choice, not 100th choice, as somebody suggested there. He was 11th choice. I believe that Steve Bruce was the one who contacted the club or his agent or whoever it was contacted the club whilst he was under contract at another club and uh you know offered his services so you know he wasn't probably even on the list which makes it even more of a strange appointment but he's come in he's done his best um i just wish he'd be a little bit more honest um about you know maybe his allegiances i don't think he's a newcastle fan i, I know he's born in the northeast i know his dad was a newcastle fan but i still don't believe that he was a newcastle fan um and you know apart from that i'm not going to hold it against him he kept us in the premier league got us to the quarter final of a cup and so far so good this season i wish him all the best you know and i hope he i hope he does well so uh let's see let's see what happens um got about 20 minutes left uh lots of lots of comments coming in i will i will go through a couple of these let's remember lads sam Allardyce was number one choice to take over from rafa and he turned it down christ as much as bruce isn't my choice i'll have him over big sam good point mark <laughs> George uh, says, "Would all rather have? Uh, would all rather Rafa? However, Bruce did amazing in the circumstances. I felt Rafa did didn't so well as people expected when he was at the club in the Premiership. I was speaking of the Premiership campaigns. George, it was a great question to put on me, and it certainly got us plenty of debate. I hope you can continue to tune in and provide us with a few of those gems." Mark says, "If Rafa had the money to spend instead of none, we would have uh, been in a better position. Yeah. Uh, nobody's yeah. having a go or on Steve Bruce's back right now, so I don't know why we are having this conversation." Uh, totally agree, Peter. Mark Martin has to dip out his connection isn't good we'll see him tomorrow for the live uh, coverage of the Brighton game isn't Bruce the most unsuccessful manager in the Premier League history he took so many clubs down he must change style of play to win me over fair enough so, uh, from V for Vendetta um, okay lads let's look let's look at the team Chris Newcastle United we've had a week now uh, we've won both games uh, one Won both games and kept two clean sheets. We've seen um, the, the new signings in action, the likes of Wilson and Hendricks and Fraser and Gillespie. Um, what's your what's your you know take on the week that we've just witnessed as Newcastle fans? I'm sort of wondering between the cup cup side and the league side, how we sort out our our, our midfielders. I'd, I'd like to see Fraser get more of a run um, in in the in the in the league side. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not so sure that we should just continue to go with with Hayden and Shelby, um, you know, game in game out. Uh, but it's it's unclear how how you would have like Hendrick and uh, and Fraser together. Uh, what about Maddie Long? What about uh, Sean Longstaff? Uh, I I feel like I we need to. I would like to see some ex experimenting with the. I mean, as much as you can with a, not sabotaging the team, but to kind of get a run of play for a bunch of the players in there and see if we can have a more dynamic midfield than Shelby and Hayden in the engine room. Uh, because I, I, I want to see them stretch the defenses, uh, really sort of uh, play end-to-end, -end, uh, get, get, uh, get Wilson... Uh, and and uh, Andy some chances up, up front, but um, I sort of feel like we've got a, a glut of, of mid midfielders, uh, and we need to sort of sort out what the best way forward is. And so while I would expect to see sort of the same squad as as uh, from West Ham, uh, I I, I want to see uh, 
Frazier uh, get more involved in. I just don't know how how he sort of fits in uh, with the lineup we've got now. Yeah, fair enough. Nathan, your your um, your ideas on, on what's happened over the last week at Newcastle. Two wins, two clean sheets into the next round of the Cup. It's a good week, isn't it? Yeah, it's excellent. I think it's more than we than we probably hoped for. I think that first game of the season we we kind of we were confident of getting getting some points, but I don't think we expected perhaps the performance that, that we got against West Ham. Um I think we were perhaps looking to we knew that these players coming into the team would make an impact, make a positive impact on the team, but I don't think we expected the the style of play to be that much different from kind of how it was last season, um, which was really pleasing to see. Obviously, obviously, the game against Blackburn, it was kind of like a bit of a throwback to last season in that we were kind of getting swamped in the midfield and didn't really have control, con- complete control of the game like we seem to have at West Ham at times. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I don't think there's any doubt that that Fraser will probably probably play, probably start, I would think, maybe, unless he's going with a fully unchanged team from the West Ham game. Um, I think you'd have to look at the way that they played against West Ham and, and you'd perhaps struggle to argue um, dropping any of those players, to be honest, because I don't think they don't, don't think any of them any of them put a foot wrong. Um, Almiron was good midweek, um, but then again, I think the impact that Almiron had when he came on at West Ham was, was excellent because... I think when he when he starts a game, sometimes for me, he kind of he kind of drifts in and out of the game and can kind of takes a little while to get to you know to to grasp the sort of flow of the game and get in, and get involved and, and have any impact. But I think we saw that against Blackburn, but because he, he, he came on strong later on. Uh, but when he came on against West Ham, when he was full of running, they didn't know what to do with him at all. And it was he, that that sort of when the game was drifting towards them a little bit. When he came on, it, it pulled it firmly back in our favour at that point, and it, it gave them a lot of trouble. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be interesting how they fit because you'd think Fraser is in in line to start, but then how does that fit with the rest of the team? You, you can't really drop Hendrick or or Hayden or Shelby because I, th- I think for Hayden and Shelby and Hendrick against West Ham, we had control of that midfield against um, against Blackburn. It was really disappointing to see that that Barlazer and and Longstaff couldn't really get that same level of control and we we really like that kind of punch and um grit in the middle i felt against against blackman and that's the team you know it's a, a league law than us it should be a team that we're kind of uh we, we were running over in the midfield but yeah we we struggled they struggled to get a grasp of it so yeah i was a bit disappointed in their performance in the midfield midweek but for me i'd, I'd be quite happy if we went unchanged this weekend yeah, a lot of people suggesting that Fraser would probably start on the bench again. Martin, of course, who joined us slightly earlier, but had had a dip out, says Fraser in for me on the right. Shelby off with Hendrick, pushed in. Almiron is a 10 in behind Wilson. ASM on the left, same back four, but Gillespie in goal for, for the Brighton game. So thanks for that, Martin. We'll look forward to having you live on the show tomorrow. Adam, um, your your views on, on a week um, which has seen us progress to the next round and, and you know beat West Ham away? Yeah, I mean, let, let's all just take a second to think about the fact that we can now talk about having a league team and a cup team. That's, that is a significant difference from the Newcastle that I'm used to over the last 10 years. So that, that's really important for me because Bruce has now got this great selection issue that all managers need to have in their team where he's got to think about, do I go 4-4-2 and be more direct like I did against West Ham? Or do I play with little little speed on the wings with, with Frazier and Almiron? Uh, but that means probably taking Carroll out of the side. And I just think you can't do that. Uh, Carroll played so well against West Ham. 
that partnership with Wilson really, really, really genuinely gave us a threat, um, both in the channels, but also obviously over the top and, and having crosses put into the box by by the, the, the wingers and the, and the fullbacks. So I agree with Nathan. I, I don't think you can change that team um, from West Ham. I just don't think anyone deserves to be dropped. That's really harsh on Almiron and Frazier in particular. Um, but, you know, what a great option to have off the bench for the last 25, 30 minutes. If you need to change the game, if you need to go get a goal, if it's nil-nil or if we're one-nil down, to have someone like Almiron and Ryan Frazier that just totally can change um, the complexity of the game, right? Because we won't have players like them on the pitch uh, if we line up in a 4-4-2. So I think it's fantastic that Bruce has these options. I don't think you can change that midfield too. I don't think either of them deserve to be dropped. They're, they're a really, really good partnership. The only thing that worries me in there at home is that there's sort of a lack of pace and a lack of flair in there. Um, but having those four in front of them um, really gives us sort of the option to, to attack in different ways. So, so for me, it, it's got to be an unchanged team. And don't forget, we've got another game on Wednesday uh, and then another game against Spurs, which right now looks really winnable, right? The way Spurs are playing. Uh, or at least something that we can get a point out of. So Bruce will be thinking about that. You know, he's got an opportunity in the in the middle of the week to advance again in the in the cup, and I think he's got a, a number of players that will want to play in that game. I actually think in the cup on Wednesday will be really really interesting. Does he go with Joe Linton up front again on his own, or does he try and work in a combination in a four four two? I think the only thing we haven't seen Joe Linton do is play in a four four two, or not for very long. So it would be really interesting if he plays a 4-4-2, either with Wilson up front with Joe Linton. I think that could be very interesting. Or a Carroll up front with Joe Linton. Might be too soon for Carroll to play another game off the back of playing tomorrow. But again, he's got lots of options. And I think we should just sort of appreciate that for now while we can. Um, but for me, he goes 4-4-2 unchanged from last weekend. And we, and we go for it again. No, no problem with that. I think the good thing is that the cup games, because of the way that the format of the League Cup is, I think it, it's, it means that a lot of players who generally might be sitting around for two or three weeks and just training and not getting any action are actually playing. So if, if an injury happens to somebody in the first team squad, if you like, they're going to be fit. They're going to be ready to go. They're going to have had match action. So, you know, Couldn't the, agree more. the rehashing of this League Cup might actually benefit everybody. And I think once we get out of COVID, pray God that soon, that we could end up in a situation where, you know, we um, you know we keep the League Cup like that. I think it would be beneficial to do it in other countries. So, fingers crossed. Pete, over to you, mate. Um, first first couple of games, happy? Unmute. You've done a spenny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I saw that, actually, from a spenny. I like that. He's uh, tagged at the bottom. Um, yeah, so for me, as, well, as Newcastle fans, I think we can't be anything but happy. Um, we don't, I, I can't remember the last time, beginning of the season, we've gone back to back uh, wins at the beginning of the season. So, you know, confidence is high, uh, confidence in the, in the fan base is high. Um, it's been a great start. Um, for me, uh, I wouldn't change anything. Um, I, I've been quite surprised actually throughout the week. Um, a lot of people have been saying about dropping Carroll. Um, I thought he was he, he was a key component to to the to the way in which we play, particularly going forward, because it is a target man. I thought he uh, occupied the two centre backs, which allowed Wilson to play in and behind and use his pace and ability to really stretch the defence. Um, and I like that because it takes a lot of pressure off Wilson up top and it allows him to do and find those little gaps. So, um, like I said, I was really pleased with the way he played. Um, 
and you know unless there's a bad performance in there i think it it should be exactly the same start um for me you know you've got Frazier and Almiron, particularly after after Tuesday night, knocking on the door, and and they should be definitely coming on and getting more minutes um, uh, as subs. Um, and then you've got Longstaff really as an option coming off the bench. You know he's going to want more minutes as well. And for me, you know that puts Joe Linton down the pecking order um, because you know from Tuesday night he didn't offer anything. Um, and you, you want players coming off the bench that you feel confident that are going to be able to change the game. And for me. He doesn't do that. So um, we've got options there on the bench, which is great to see. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how we're going to play at home with the emphasis on us as an attacking team going at Brighton. Uh, because it's been too too often with teams in and around us, teams that we should be beating. I can go back to Norwich in January, for example, where we were expected to go out and turn them over. And we were effectively the away team and they had a lot of the possession and dominated the game. We've got players now with the creativity in our team to be going out there and really imposing ourselves on the game. So that's what I'm interested to see on Sunday. I want to be seeing that from us. Uh, the way we did against West Ham, I want that to continue. Because I think we'll put a lot of teams on the back foot if we do that. Um, as Adam said, with regards to you know Wednesday, you know the games are coming thick and fast. I think there'll be a lot of players. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Dummett starts. Um, Bruce said he's not too far away. I think they'll probably save him for Wednesday night. I think Joe Linton will be a cup, a cup player um, moving forward. I think he'll play in all the cup games. Um, and then you've got the Longstaffs potentially coming back. So it's great to have those options. It really is. Um, but, you know, the main thing is about how we impose ourselves on Sunday against Brighton and really take the game to them. With the likes of Lalana and potentially Ben White being in, injured and out the game, that can only help us. Yeah, Baz Doss says 35 million isn't going to change much. Soon we will lose and people will realise we're still away off the pace. I've always said, of course, you know, you can get off to a good start, but you tend to judge a team on how they bounce back from their first defeat. I've always said that. And Steve, it's, um, Steve. So, yeah. sorry, sorry to interrupt. What does it mean by off the pace? In, in what way? Um, I'd be interested to know that because I don't think anyone believes that we're going to be up there challenging for the Premier League title, top four or even Europe. Um, but in terms of, you know, top half, um, yeah. or certainly top 10, uh, you know, losing one game won't put us off the pace. It's, it's actually, it, it, will show, it will show our mentality, how we respond to that. Nobody's, I think, nobody here is under the impression that we're not going to go a season without losing the game or go 10 games unbeaten. We will get beaten. It's about how we come back from that. And I believe, in my opinion, the players that we've brought in will have the mentality breeding into this squad that we can hit back and be strong. Baz Doss has said it sounds negative, but it's true. An injury in the wrong place, like a left-back striker or a right-back, and we're the same side. I see, I guess what Baz Doss is saying is essentially that, you know, without the, without the strength and depth, we are we are pretty much going to struggle if we get an injury. And I mean, I was thinking about this yesterday um, when, when I was talking to Steve Hasty and Neil Mitchell on the Three Amigos show. And, uh, you know, I, I'm pushing really hoping that they're going to bring another striker in. But, you know, when you think about it, they've got Joe Linton, who they, they, they spent 40 million on. They're still going to go with him. Um, Andy Carroll, obviously, if they can keep him fit, is still there. He's got another year, uh, you know, to go at the club. Dwight Gale will come back from injury. It's another striker. And you've got Callum Wilson. 
you know, Mike Ashley may, you know, turn around and say, we've got four strikers and when they're all fit, they can all compete against each other. So, you know, will we see another, you know, forward come in? It's, and, and we don't know what the budget is. You know, we, you know, 35 million was a, was a price that was, which was put out there by the press, but we don't really know if that's what we had to spend. So look, it's interesting, it's interesting to see, you know, what, what, you know, what we've got, you know, at the end of the transfer window, only then can we judge what, what, what the season's going to be like, I think. And by then we'll have played a few more games as well. Yeah, I was going to say that we should we should pick off a, a, a striker from Liverpool now that Liverpool has signed Joda. Maybe maybe uh, Brewster or Origi would be available for us. I know that yeah. there's a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of competition for both of those, but maybe Malcolm Taylor. Malcolm Taylor says we certainly have more versatility now as a squad, so certain players will get used in different uh, games to do certain roles. That that that's right. I mean, Manquillo played right back the other uh, the other day against West Ham, and then dropped into left back against Blackburn in the cup. So you know, the, there is a little bit more versatility in the squad. Spenny, um, you know, your your take on the week? Are, are you happy, mate? Are you happy with you know with the way that we started the season? Well, yes, because we won two games, but for me. Tomorrow's team, I would have Gillespie in instead of Dallow. I think I'm more confident in Gillespie than as Dallow as a goalkeeper. Looking at him on Tuesday, and the lads were on the ball last night as well. I thought he's more confident coming over in the crosses, catching balls, and that sort of thing. And I would change, I'll take Hayden off because his discipline went to the last game a bit, and he got the other card and that sort of thing. His tackles were firing in. And I'll put Hendricks in the middle and I'll put uh, Fraser on the right. That's where I will play tomorrow. Okay. Okay, mate. Okay, well, we can talk in depth tomorrow um, when we do the live about the uh, about the Brighton game. Lots of comments coming in. Thanks for all your, your your comments. Please hit the thumb and give the video a like. Ginger Hoskins says, when Dubravka's back, we'll be more solid, but Chambers, who can play right back and uh, centre-off, would be good. And Origi, I mean, yeah, would love to have those kind of players. We're forgetting about Dubravka as well. It's, it's weird football's like that. You know, we're all talking about who's the better keeper, Dolo or Gillespie, as if that's going to be the decision for the season. But our best keeper's injured. Um, and you know, yeah. at the start of the season, we were all talking about how vital it was going to be, you know, to get Dubravka back quickly because he was our key player last year. Uh, Andre, happy with the week so far, mate? Yeah, actually, I, I saw the Blackburn game on a crappy stream here in Bulgaria. And what I noticed is that Fraser, Fraser really lost stamina after the 35th minute, like he was great for the first 30-35 minutes, but he could barely walk towards the end of the first half. I don't think Fraser is ready to start a game in the next couple of weeks, not at least in the league. I think he'll be given a chance against Morkamp next week, but gradually he has to build his stamina because he hasn't played a game since March. And uh, it could, it could, you could tell this on, uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, one other thing is that I've noticed that Steve Bruce, when he wins a game, he doesn't change things. Like he's a very uh, conservative type of manager. He he really reshuffles when he loses. You remember the five new against Leicester, how he changed everything for the man new home game. But when he wins, he doesn't touch the starting eleven. So I don't expect any changes in the starting eleven eleven tomorrow. I think that the big question for him, and I, he kind of admitted this in the press conference yesterday, is dropping Almiron because I think he he wants to play Almiron, but at the same time he can he cannot drop anyone from the from the West Ham game. And um, Almiron really had a, had, a, had a good game against uh, West Ham. You know, I was thinking when he came on in the 80th minute, like, I don't want to be a defender and to see Almiron coming on the 80, 81st minute, you know, probably the uh, best stamina in the Premier League and one of the fastest players coming for like 10 minutes. 
But um, let's see. And another thing, you know, I'm thinking about Brighton is that they're really kind of a bogey team for Newcastle in the past three years. Because, like, we don't have a go at St. James's Park against them. I think that this is kind of karma coming back after this uh, Modiame goal in the championship. And uh, basically, we, we, we haven't scored against them for three years at St. James's. We haven't won against them for three years in the Premier League. And I was very impressed by Brighton in their game against uh, Chelsea. Like, they play possession football. They have uh, some very, very good players. And I think this guy on the right there, uh, Tariq Lamptey, is one of the best uh, right wing backs in the Premier League. So Jamal, Jamal Lewis is in for a very tough game tomorrow. So all in all, we shouldn't underestimate Brighton. And I think that it's going to be a very, very even game. Yeah, tomorrow. great stuff. John Askew, thanks for becoming a member. If you want to become a member and donate a little bit towards the channel, just click join. Uh, $1.99 is, uh, is what it costs and get a nice little emoji and stuff like that. But thanks very much for any donations. Great. Uh, Gary, thanks as well, mate. It's always good to hear where people are from. Watching from Australia, great comments. It's always nice. And I know the lads appreciate it. When, uh, when we get those kind of compliments. So thanks very much. Daz, last but not least, before we finish off today, so you can all go off and watch Soccer Saturday or watch uh, all your legal streams that you've got. Um, give us your view on, on the last seven days at Newcastle United. Yeah, no, happy happy with the week, Steve. Um, um, two wins. Uh, didn't get to see the Blackburn game, so that's why I'm, I'm positive still. Um so, yeah, and I think going into to this week, uh, I'd be happy at the end of this week with another two wins. We're still in the cup and the six points in, in the, the league, as they predicted after the three games. But uh, then I think for tomorrow's game, I wouldn't change it. We're, we're, I, I stick with, with the personnel and go with 4-4-2 again. But Brighton will play 5-3-2. Um, the key battle for me and the first name on, on the sheet tomorrow is Andy Carroll. Uh, he's, he's going to be important on both ends, ends of the pitch. The the Jordy Gene, uh, Jesus needs uh, needs to stay on the pitch and not get sent off in the first couple of seconds like he tried the last day. But uh, yeah, no, that, that that's the key for me. I think uh, the the battle between Carroll and Dunk will be will be something to watch tomorrow. Oh, uh, great. And go for the win. Yeah, I've got to be honest, I'm a lot more optimistic since I started working on this show with you, Daz, because you're, you're, you're enth your enthusiasm, you're one of those supporters who, like, the, the glass is never half full, it's always full to the brim and overflowing. Maybe that's the Irish in you, I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, the Irish English. <laughs> it's just on this show. My, my <laughs> wife would disagree with that for else. <laughs> Lads, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on a short notice. I've got a hot foot now to go and see Dunstan before fans get banned from non-league games again. So uh, thanks for coming on. Look forward to having you all on tomorrow. It's a one o'clock start, so I, I appreciate some of you might have to set your alarm a little bit earlier. But uh, we'll be doing uh, Brighton live tomorrow. Uh, just us all chatting about the game. So I hope everybody can uh, enjoy enjoy that tomorrow. But thanks a lot, lads. Take care. See you later. How are you, lads? Yeah, guys. Take care.